Wait, one second. Welcome to Orpini. This is Saratoga Best, Parshas Vayishlach. Today is Yudalad Kislev, the Rebbe's wedding day, and it has everything to do with us because the wedding of the Rebbe and the Rebbe's, the wedding of every single Jewish couple is in um, a microcosm of the wedding of, of, of us with Hashem, and also the Shina, the lower aspect of the Shina, and the, as- the higher aspect of the Shina, etc. So what, and Mashpi and Makabo, a union of Mashpi and Makabo. So we really want to see in this day, if the Mashpi and the Makabo in us are being unified, then where does it take us? What do we do with it? How do we get it? How do we fully unify it? And, and what do we do with it? Because in, in Parshayasara, the Rebbe said that today, once upon a time, people were either Mashpi or Makabo. They were either the teachers or the students, either the, the ones who you know, the wise ones who give out guidance, or they were the ones who received guidance. But you weren't both. There were the leaders and there were the followers. And now, not only is everybody both a leader and a follower, everybody should be a leader and a follower. Everybody should be a mushki and a makabla. So that means acquiring the perfect balance of both. Therefore, when it comes to the day of the Rebbe's wedding, which is the union of, you see, the, the Mashpi and the Kabo, the giver and the receiver, that is the day that activates us to um, to be that way. Um, I learned something this morning, I don't remember, but the, the way we do it from this day becomes a template for how we do it the entire year. So one of the things is that uh, we look at how the sun interacts with the moon. Um, because we're also looking at, um, well, later on, a different, uh, later on in the week, we're going to look at the text Kislev. But now we're focusing on this day. And one of the things that's important is that usually a, a yuntif, a holiday, comes out on the 15th of the month. And there's a reason. It's the full moon. If we, the Jewish people, are the moon and Hashem is the sun, so, and not only that, there's another place where it says the non-Jews, the nations of the world are the sun, and we're the moon, at least for now. So they have been shining, and we have been in their shadow. That's the way it's been. We know in, the, in truth, in truth, we are the ones who are really shining and running the world, but they certainly have been acting as if they have power, and we have to cower in the corner and hope that they just don't give us too hard a time. That's the way it's been throughout history. And in fact, um, so the 15th day of the month denotes a certain kind of energy where the macabre, the receiver, starts to shine. So let's watch, let's, let's look at, at this dynamic. Rosh Chayish, Kislev, is the Mashpi and Macabre are in a complete union, and you do not see the macabre. The giver is the one who is visible. And the receiver is receiving so fully that if he's a really good receiver, you won't see his, his you won't see him at all. He's fully receiving. The famous the, the famous example that's given is when people would take the train to Lubavitch a hundred years ago. There was no train station there. There was only a train station in Rudnia. They would get off the train in Rudnia, and there would be a wagon there waiting to take people from the train. 
and there was a big rub who got off the train and was coming to Lubavitch. In his town, this rub was the big, was the rub. But he was the giver, he was the mashpia, and the people were the makablam, the receiver. He was the leader, and everybody acknowledged it. Yet when he's coming to be in the presence of the Rebbe, all of a sudden now he becomes the receiver. You know, you switch roles. So he, so a wagon driver saw him and said, okay, Rebbe, get in the, you know, get, you know, climb up and get in. Now in his town, nobody was, Rebbe means, hey, hey, Rub, hey, yo, Rub, get in the, you know, hey, yo, Rabbi, climb up and get in the, the carriage. Now nobody would talk to him that way in his town because he was, because of respect. So how is it when he got to Lubavitch, he was treated like, you know, you're just one of the people. Because when the sun and the moon are in that perfect union, the giver and the receiver, the the giver is the visible one, and the receiver, to be in a total oneness, a total yukud, is invisible. It's not that the receiver doesn't exist, but they unify into one. You don't see two separate entities. You only see what you happen to see on the outside is the leader, the teacher, the mashpia. But really, that's not what you're seeing. You're seeing a union of two energies, mashpia makabo. With again, the visibility on the outside is it looks like you just see the, rece- the the giver and the receiver is invisible, non-existent. But that's a good thing because they're in a perfect union. So Rosh Chodesh seems to be the most important day of the year, every month, because you have that, that union, okay? But if we, Yaakov is called Katan, Yaakov Avinu is called the small one, he's the receiver. All through history, Esau was the one in power, and Yaakov of the two brothers, Esau and Yaakov, whom were dealing with in these weeks since the birth of Yaakov and Esau a couple of weeks last week, in these weeks, we're dealing with Yaakov and Esau. The question is, for all these generations since they were born, it's about 4,000 years, who is the leader, the son, and who is the receiver? Who's the follower? Who's the victim? Who's the leader? And who's the kind of the victim? Who has the power? And who has to just bend to that power? Well, the way it worked out historically, according to the bracha of Yitzchak Avin to his two sons, was a certain way that what we see happened is most of these 4,000 years, Esav was the leader, and Yaakov was the follower. Not only the follower, the victim. Wherever Jews lived, Yaakov the small one, because of his tremendous fiddle, Yaakov the small one had to beg just for the permission just to stay in his home. We lived in Spain. At some point they decided, no, we don't want Jews here anymore. You have to give up being Jewish. And it was a, the, the Inquisition was absolutely horrific time in Jewish history, beyond horrific. And eventually we, we were all expelled because Yaakov was the receiver. Esau is in power. The Catholic Church was in power. Esau. 
And it said, Yaakov, you want to stay Jewish? Out. Out of Spain. Plus, 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 plus. You know, we speak about it so lightly, the Crusades. Asaph would come along and say, Yaakov, out of, either out of the country or out of this world, God forbid. The Roman Empire, you want to stay Jewish? Off with your head, God forbid. On and on, the Holocaust, on and on and on and on in Jewish history. If we, Yaakov Avinu, are the true leaders, sure didn't look like it. Sure didn't look like it. Sun is shining, moon is receiving. The sun is the real thing. Okay, so now, if that's the case, now watch when Jewish holidays happen. So watch the sun and the moon. The moon, on, as we said, the position of the moon and the sun on Rosh Chodesh, if you put the two together, you really don't see the moon. On that moment of Erev Rosh Chodesh, there's no moon. That's why you look up, Erev Rosh Chodesh, you look up at the, at the sky, there's no moon. Completely dark. You don't see the moon. It's completely obscured by the presence of the sun. Good. Then, as the month starts to proceed, first day of the month, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, the moon, the receiver, the Jewish people, start to get bigger and bigger, have more and more influence. So, oh, all of a sudden, we start to have some influence in the world, and we did throughout Jewish history. Behind the scenes, we had influence, but not the obvious influence. And what was the, how do you know? They could throw us out of their land at any moment that they wanted. And there was nothing we could do about it. We were the small ones. We were the victims. Now, but come, let's just see the moon getting bigger and bigger and bigger every single night of the month until it gets to the 15th of the month. You look up in the sky and you see that the moon is shining fully. The moon is shining fully. Who's the moon? The Jewish people. We're shining fully as it will be in Yemaisa Mashiach. The moon and the sun will have equal equal footing. And really that refers to we and Hashem will be shining equally. So by the 15th of the month, the, the moon is shining fully, the receiver is shining fully. This is a different kind of reality. All of a sudden the receiver is out there shining. Now, what does it correspond to in Jewish history? The 15th generation from Avram Avinu was the time of Shlomo Melech. That's when the Jewish people were shining fully. Then what happened? And really, a lot to say about that time when Shlomo Melech was sitting on the throne. The Jewish people had, Shlomo Melech had great influence in the world. And the kings of the nation came to him and brought him spiritual gifts. The Queen of Sheba, etc. came to Shlomo Melech and brought him gifts. So, what happens after that? When the moon, now go back to the cycle of the moon and the sun. As the moon comes to the 15th day of the month, it shines fully, what happens the next day? It starts to get smaller and smaller and smaller every night of the month, as we said. First half of the month, the moon gets bigger and bigger every night you look, and it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So the 15th of the month, the moon is the the, the moon is shining fully. As soon as it shines fully, then it starts to decrease. And now, as it starts to decrease, 
it gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller until you see no move. What's that all about? That's the whole syndrome that we're going to speak about in a few minutes, but that really denotes the relationship between us, between us and the Mashbia. So it turns out, so it turns out that almost every Yontif, every Jewish holiday comes out on the 15th of the month. Right. Because in Yemesa Mashiach, we will finally be shining fully with full influence. We will have stepped into our own power and be allowed to step into our own power, power which came from a very long process of over 4,000 years of history. And we will be shining fully. And every and Asaph, Yaakov Avinu will shine fully like the full moon. And Asaph will acknowledge that Yaakov Avinu is shining fully and encourage him to. So every yuntif, every holiday, Jewish holiday, is a taste of that reality of the future. Full moon. So most of the holidays are Purim is on the full moon. Pesach is on the full moon. Sukkot is on the full moon. And those holidays, those Yemen Titans that are not on the full moon, they're at the beginning of the month when the moon is getting bigger. Rosh Hashanah at the very beginning, and it's going to get bigger. Or Shavuot, which is at the beginning of the month, you know, the sixth sixth and seventh, when our influence is getting bigger. It's, it's It's on the rise. What we'll see at the end of the week is there's only one yum there are two yum titans that are in the second half of the month, and the question is why, and that's a whole other question, and a very important question. But right now what we're looking at is the Rebbe and the Rebbetson's wedding day. It comes on the 14th or the 15th. What's that all about? And then one other question is, how come... When we're counting the days of the month, we don't count it according to what we see in the moon. You know, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. Remember, the moon is getting bigger. And then the next day when it gets smaller, shouldn't you count minus 14, minus 13, minus 12, minus 11, minus 10, minus 9? Because if you're counting it according to the size of the moon, it gets bigger every day. So the numbers go up, but when the size of the moon goes down, shouldn't you start counting down? And we don't. And on the contrary, if the second half of the month, the moon is getting smaller, which shows on, again, more of us as victims, us as receivers, us as not being in our full power, us with our power decreasing. So the names of the month, of the, those days should show on a weakness. A very intense weakness. You know, we're weakening. Just like after Shlema Melech, Jewish history kind of went downhill. Things started to fall apart for the Jewish people. The, you know, division into the ten tribes of the two tribes, and history really kind of took a, you know, deep dive after Shlema Melech. Just like the second half of the month. So, does the second half of the month show on, you know, a decrease? You know, we had it good, but the good things cannot last forever. Is that what the case is? But then look at the names of the month. 
the names of the names of the second half of the month are there's Yudayin, which is the gematria of Taif, hmm, uh, 17. There's Yudchef, 18, Chai. There's Yudchef, 19, which is the gematria of Bittayif. Chof is um, Keter, crown. Chof Aleph is Ach Taiv Yisrael. Chof Beis is Bukhar Yivar Yisrael. Chof Gimel is Dittaybu. Chof Dalad is Samti Kadkad. Chof Ay is Kais Varchu is Bnei Yisrael. Chof Vav is Yudke Vavke. Chof Zayin is Zach. Chof Ches is Kaya. Chof Tes is the is 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 the days of the month of minus one, but fullness just like on the way to fullness. These are powerful days in the second half of the month. Well, that's strange. If they're powerful days, they sure don't look like it if you look at the moon. It seems to be getting weaker and weaker. So what is it exactly? And then what we want to look at is, at this moment, the days of Yud Dalad Tesla. These are the days, these are the hours of the Rebbe and the Rebbe's Chachana. And of course we know that the Rebbe said that everybody, every Jewish couple that gets married, it isn't just an individual wedding of two, of a couple, one you know, a man and a woman, a Jewish man and woman get married. It is. But it also is a general union that is, that brings along with it the marriage of Kali Yisrael to Hashem. In a small way. When it comes to the Nasi Hadar, the leader of the generation, then it, it's in a way that, um, that, as the Rabbi said, this is the day that connects me to you and you to me. Yes, it was a private wedding on some level, if you could say private, between the Rebbe and the Rebbeson, but it really is the day that connects the Jewish people, the Rebbe to the Yidden and the Yidden to, to the Rebbe. Or as somebody said in the Fabrengen last night, that, that, that was said at different points in history, thank you to, to Hashem for giving us the Rebbe, the Nasiadar, and thank you to the Rebbe for giving us Hashem. What do you mean? There was no God before before the Nasiadar? God forbid. What? Without before Meisha Rabbeinu came along, there was no God. Chas Shalom. But the recognition and the ability of us to understand who is Hashem and have a relationship with Hashem that is powerful in the way that Hashem wants us to do it, that is done by by and through Meisha Rabbeinu of the generation. So thank you to the Rebbe, thank you to the Maishar Bainu of the generation, that he gives us Hashem. The access that we have to Hashem, the access we have to that union and that marriage with Hashem, that we, the Jewish people, the access that we have to that marriage with Hashem comes as a result of the Shadchan, who is the Maishar Bainu of the generation. That means in any in any family you can say, Oh, so who made your shidduch? Somebody once somebody once asked a couple, I was sitting at a table and someone asked them, So who made your shidduch? So they said Hashem. It's true. God Almighty made their shidduch. At the same time, usually there's a person there who activates the process and makes it happen. Why Hashem wants it to come through people, we don't know. So why Hashem wants that his union with us 
should come through the Shadchan of Meisher Bain of the generation? We don't know. But he does. He does want it. And so thank you to the Shadchan, the Rebbe, for giving us a relationship with Hashem that we could not ordinarily have on our own. So what are these days? What are these important hours of this wedding? Because it's not just their wedding, it's our wedding. It started, the wedding started on the 14th of Kislev at 5 p.m., I think, and went until 7 in the morning the next morning, which was way into the hours of the 15th. I mean, in the winter hours, we know. By 5 o'clock already, the day is almost over. It's interesting that we we say that Yudalit Kislev is the Rebbe's wedding day when actually the sun had almost set and it was practically the 15th. So there were a few seconds of the 14th. It, the wedding was mostly on the 15th, and yet we call it on the 14th. It started on the 14th, and it continued into the 15th. So what are these days? So the Rebbe says that the fullness of the moon really happens between the 14th and the 15th. And what does it hint at? Two things. Yudalid 14 emphasizes the the filling up the lack. Yudalid means die. Yudalid. Adalid. Poverty. There's a lack there. There's something missing. Yudalid. Adalid. There's something missing in life. Gullus. In Gullus, there's always something missing. There's always something lacking. We're always feeling more than we feel, wow, this is amazing. We're feeling, oh, my goodness, I have a problem. Let's say today is a very rainy day. We might feel like I need sun to feel good. Well, I am missing sun today. I do not see any sun visible, not in New York. I don't know how fast I could get on a plane and get to Florida for me to see sun. Will I get there before sunset? I don't know. So if in Gullus I need sunlight to feel okay and I don't have it, that's Dalit. Yud Dalit. The poverty of I don't have what I need. That's Yud Dalit. Dalit. Poverty. That's Gullus. And yet, so what's Tesvav? Tesvav 15 Madgish Be'ikra Shlemus Yisera. 15 emphasizes a completion, an extra completion, life and shalashir, wealth. The rich person feels like whatever he needs, he gets. He has. He doesn't even feel, I need a pizza from the pizza shop in London. I went there. They had the most amazing pizza, felt pizza in London somewhere. I'm rich. I'm going to get myself felt pizza from London. How they, you know, and I want it hot. I want it to arrive hot. It's a matter of money. For the right price, you can get that. So, sorry. So again, sorry, returning to the topic. Wealth is, the wealthy person knows he can get whatever he wants. It's just a question of how much it's going to cost. Since money is not an issue, Imagine that, you know, I have access to all the money in the world. So money is not one of my issues. Before, you know, they say, well, it's going to cost you $50,000 to get this pizza. Okay, fine, so just put it on my card, no problem. Money is not one of my issues. 
You know, I just I have unlimited money. So it's not something I, I don't have that lack when I'm wealthy. Okay. So that means am I saying I can get anything I want? I can have, you know, but I want it for lunch. Hey, you know, okay, I'll have it tonight for supper, the pizza. It'll be here in six hours, six, seven hours. Good. Maybe I can pay for a jet that goes faster, you know, whatever it is. So does it mean I always get what I want or I already have what I want? Whatever I want or need, if I'm wealthy, I have it. Well, I'm waiting for it. Basically, you ordered it. It's on the way. The pizza is, you know, put out the plate. Get the plate ready. The pizza is going to be here soon. They'll be arriving at your door in a couple of hours. And they even ordered it with a plate, you know, and, you know, put out the Nuka tablecloth. The pizza is on the way. It's going to be here any hour. I'm wealthy. I have it. I have what I need. So you see the two different energies of Yudalit is, I don't have what I need. I never have what I need. I want sun. It's not sunny. I want shade. It's not shady. I want water. I, there's nobody. There's no, I want green tea. They only have black tea. I want Caffeine tea, they only have non-caffeine caffeine tea. Whatever I want, I, I, one thing after another, it just I, I don't seem to ever get what I want. That's gullus. Yudalit, a lack. And Tesvav is wealth. Whatever I want, I have it. I want it, I create it, I have it, I, I ask. I, I, no problem. It just flows into my life. So... Um, Sorry, excuse me, Saratova. I just, I missed something. How does your dollar lack? So, when we're talking about going back to your dollar, dollar, we said dollar shows on, dollar shows on dollar's poverty. And therefore, when I don't have what I need, I kind of, what do I need most in life to get what I need? If I don't have what I need, I'm starving, I'm starving, oh my goodness, there's nothing to eat. Oh, I'm so thirsty, I need a drink. I was, you know, the joke, I'm so thirsty, I'm so thirsty, <laughs> the three Jewish men that got together, or, or I'm so thirsty, I'm so thirsty, I'm so thirsty, and then finally they give him a drink, and he says, I was so thirsty, I was so thirsty, I was so thirsty. We get used to, you know, as Yidden, because we've been in this Yudalid stage for so long of history, being the small one, the victim, the receiver, who doesn't seem to have control, we got used to that mentality. We absorbed it in our personal life so that first I feel like, okay, I'm missing something. I'm lacking. I'm Yudalid. I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty. There's no drink. And then they give me a drink. So now what's my new lack? I'm remembering how thirsty I was. I'm holding on to the experience of I was so thirsty. I was so thirsty. Instead of, I don't, we're used to that as Yidden. It's not easy to transition from Yudalit to Tesla. We're, we're just used to being in, I am, we are lacking, we are missing. Because Asa supposedly was given permission for 4,000 years to be, to be in charge and to look like he's in charge and he makes us into victims and he controls our life. So it looks. So he looks like he's the rich one and the powerful one, and we look like we are the ones who are his victims, God forbid. So I'm just saying that psychologically, Jewish people get so used to, after 4,000 years of being 
looking like the victim, which isn't really true, but it's designed to look that way, looking like we are spiritually, emotionally, etc., poor in many different ways. We don't have what we need. It's hard for us to step into that wealth of, I have what I need, and if I don't have what I need, I can create what I need, all of that. Hence the joke. I'm so thirsty, I'm so thirsty, I'm your dollar, I'm, I'm, I'm well, poor. You can brush, you can brush for the So, this idea, so I'm saying psychologically we get used to living in that space of we are poor, we are poor, we are emotionally poor, we are, we are victims, we are lacking, we are lacking, we are thirsty, we are thirsty, we were thirsty, we are thirsty, we were thirsty, we are thirsty, we were thirsty. We are thirsty. It's all dollars. It's all poverty. The other extreme, right? And that's why it says, Yudalad, Dalas shows on Dalas, Shalachin Zachus and Yilachasan. So you have to fix the poverty. I need a drink. Right? I was, I am thirsty. I need a drink. Something's wrong. I need to fill it up. But Yud, K, Yud and Hey, Hey shows on wealth, Ashirat. Hey is a number of wealth, and, and the world is created with hey. Hey is Hashem's name, Hashem's letter. So it shows on, and Yud K shows on a certain wealth. Hashirah. So um, it's interesting that the day of the Rebbe and the Rebbe's Kasana spans these two energies, takes the Yud Dalad, the poverty, the spiritual, emotional, physical, etc., poverty, and flips it over in the middle, under the chuppah of the Rebbe, because if the wedding started at 5 o'clock, when were they at the chuppah? After dark. So they started it in the hours of poor history. The years when history, when we as the Jewish people were poor in terms of control of our lives. We did not have control of our lives. They told us where we could live and what we could work at and what we could do and what we could say and where we could be. And they, it seems on some level like they still are. And they said, we're in charge. You go where we tell you to go. You do what we tell you to do. If we want your synagogue to be open in New York, says FOMO, we'll decide. You want to daven in 770 together? You want to daven in your shoals together? We, Asa, will decide whether you are allowed to. We, the governor of New York and the mayor of, the, of New York City, we will decide if you can daven to Hashem together in a minion, or where or what, etc. That's still the Yudalit. But standing under the chuppah, the Rebbe and the Rebbeson started their chasana in Yudalit, and then it started the, as the hours of the chasana went on, standing under the chuppah, it was turning dark. But as it was turning dark, it was turning into the night of test love, yud K. It was turning into an, uh, uh, an energy of wealth. The wealthy nation who was in control of their destiny, in control of everybody else's destiny, in control of everything. But for a yid, for a Jew to be in control, to do it right, we don't tap into the small control. So, oh, great. So Cuomo's out of office and we replace him with, uh, you know, Maisha Pippik. It's not, oh, we replace Cuomo with Maisha Pippik. Now he'll let us keep the shoals open. 
That small gullus wealth. That's not the test vav, the yud k of of the Rebbe. That's not the yud the yud k of the Rebbe's kasana. That is the yud k of Geula, in which the wealth of Hashem, the power of Hashem, as He invested in every single Jew, starts to express itself, and we start to step into it. And we start to realize that we aren't under the power of Asaph. And, and Hashem is running our lives, not Asaph. And Asaph really never was. So, um, so that's, so that's the kayak of this day of, of, of the Rebbe Kasana. And it's connected to the whole month, we could say. Is the the month of Kislev is the month of Chassan? Why? Because there, Matan Torah is the time of wedding between us and Hashem. So we have two Matan Torahs. We have Shavuot and we have Yitzchak Kislev. The difference is that Shavuot is the Torah was given to us. The wedding was on a very a more external level you know, all the outer expressions of this wedding. Matan Tyra. The outer expressions of, of, of Tyra being given to us. All of the halachas about what you have to do and all the revealed stuff in Tyra. It's the third month. The third is that energy. If you have the chasen, that's one. You have the kala, that's two. And you have the union of the three, of, of both of them, that's three. So the third month is seven. The third month from Tishrei is Kislev. It's also a wedding month between us and Hashem, but on the deeper level. It's the more internal wedding between us and Hashem, in which Hashem reveals to us His deepest secret that you only give over to someone you trust implicitly. Someone that is on your level that you trust implicitly. That's what Hashem achieves plus plus in this month of Kislev. So it's a wedding month. And it says that Yudhis Kislev is Yom Chatanasa, the day of the wedding, and the day of Matatara, and the day of Rosh Hashanah, etc. So, as we'll see tomorrow, the question is the following. If we were to go back a hundred years ago and ask when we would assume that the wedding of the Rebbe and the Rebbeton would come out to. You know, if we were going to pick a day, one day the Nasi Adar will be married to his other half. And he will carry with it the youth in the wedding of us, the, us as the Kala and Hashem as the Chassan. What month do you think that would be? We would say, well, in the wedding month. It should be in either Sivan, Shavuot, or Kisrei. Again, the third month from either Nisan or the third month from, from Tishrei, the wedding month. So it's going to be in one of those two. We got it. The Nasiadar is going to be married in one of the, num- the three, the number three months. Will it be in the month where there's the revealed wedding, Sivan, or there's the deeper inner secret 
much closer, deeper wedding. Well, we're talking about the end of times, Mashiach. It's going to be the deeper one. It's going to be the deeper one in the month of Kislev. Perfect. We figured it out. Now, then we would ask ourselves, which day of this month of Kislev? We figured it out. Of course it's going to be in Kislev. And then we ask ourselves, if it's going to be in the month of Kislev, which day will it be? So we figured that one out too. We would say, well, of course, Rosh Chaydish Kislev. Because Rosh Chaydish is the day when the Chassan and the Kala are in a perfect union. 100% union. You see him, you don't see her, but that's because, not because she's not important. She's the power behind the throne. You, you're not really seeing him. You're seeing both of them, but the face that you see looks like him, but it's really a union of the two. What you're seeing is him empowered by his other half. That's what you're experiencing. You look, you see, you think you see the chasen, but you're really seeing the chasen in his upgraded version of now the, 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 the Baal, the husband. You see Hashem on Rosh Chaydish. You see Hashem not having subjugated the Jewish people, God forbid, but Hashem being empowered by the Jewish people so that Hashem, so to speak, has an upgrade. He chooses to have an upgrade by being in a union with us. Even Hashem wants an upgrade, and he made a decision. He didn't have to make that decision. He made a decision that his upgrade will come through us, and that he wants to be upgraded through us. He wants us to be standing behind him so that we are visible only as a unit. That is Rosh Chaydish, Rosh Chaydish Kislev. So to bring this all to summation, we would think, but the wedding day of the Rebbe and the Rebbeson is going to be Rosh Chaydesh Kislev. And it's not. It's the 14th, 15th. When she is shining fully. So the question is, and that's for the next lecture, what is that all about? Shouldn't it be when they're so unified that all you see is one entity shining? Because remember, on the 15th of the month, the Hasana day of the Rebbe and the Rebbe, you see there's a point at night when you see the moon in the sky and, and you see there's the sun and there's the moon. And there is a moment in the day where you see the moon and the sun and they're both there. And they're both big, shiny uh, luminaries. It's like your Maisa Mashiach when the sun and the moon shine equally. And so the question we're going to ask tomorrow is, What's that all about? Because so does one have to block out the other? You know, either you shine or I, I shine. Is that the way it is? But we understand that the Rebbe and the Rebbeson's wedding is a union of Mashpi and Makabo in a totally new, upgraded Geula way. So what it means for us, what this day introduces for us when the Rebbe says, the day that connects you to me and me to you, we become empowered to upgrade to a way higher level. Hashem becomes upgraded. The Rebbe becomes upgraded. The Rebbe and the Rebbe become upgraded. We as their children become upgraded. Golis becomes upgraded. All your dollars turn to Tesvah. All, all poverty turns to wealth. All emotional and spiritual and every other kind of poverty 
turns to wealth in this day, in these hours. So we say, Hashem, we're on board with you. We want to step into the test of reality, into this new reality of turning our poverty into wealth. Trade in the poverty, and you're given back wealth instead, not to be, go back to poverty ever again, other than to make ourselves small enough to fit through the doorway to receive the next level of wealth. So, Yehi Ratan, may Hashem give us that, the Gula on this auspicious day, and we should find ourselves with the ultimate Chasen Hashem in the base of Mikdash Shlishi now.